Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. I'm so glad that you are with us today. And if you're guests with us today, you are a part of the Woodlake family today. So Woodlake family, give all of our guests a huge round of applause. So glad that you're with us. If you're watching online today, I know there are many of you that are staying home, you're staying safe. And I want to start this this message off this morning by praying. Can we do that? We have a lot of members of the Woodlake family that just need a miraculous move of God. And aren't you thankful that as believers, we have God's word to go to? And there are many that need a healing today. We mentioned some last week, Chris Muneau, Mark Haney, Renee Bermudez, Sharon Clark. Uh, I could go down the list, but maybe you're here today and you have a need. Maybe something physical or you know somebody who does. You need God to move in your marriage, your finances. I'm so thankful that God's word says that we come to him, that we cast our cares on him. Why? Scripture says because he cares for us, right? So if you're new to prayer, let me just kind of break it down for you this way. Good praying is just good casting sometimes. Amen? So Woodlake family, I want you to join with me. And I want to pray for these needs here today. And let's just believe God according to what his word said. His word says he'll heal, provide, make peace. Prophet Jeremiah even says it this way, that he's watching over the word, listen, to perform it. I expected an amen right there. (laughs) To perform it. And so let's just pray that God will move on in in our hearts and minds. Father, in Jesus' name, you see so many of the Woodlake Uh, uh, family members as we mentioned here today and there are others that just need a a touch from you your word reminds us lord that you sent your word forgave all of our sins psalm 103 and also healed all of our diseases our sickness and lord we declare healing in the name of jesus lord we ask uh, for those who are in hospital rooms today god that you just begin to move in in ways that are so undeniably you and manifest a healing touch those that need a touch in their marriages and got a turnaround in their finances lord those that need a healing in their emotions lord thank you that you are jehovah rapha your name in scripture the god who heals the god who restores and we're just going to believe you to do what you do father thank you that you're watching over this word to perform it in jesus name and everyone said amen we begin a new series today entitled the thrill of hope as we come into this christmas season And I want you this morning, if you will, to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I love how Luke writes. And let me give you some background. Scholars will tell us that Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, and, and many believe also the book of Acts, was a Gentile convert who had come to Christ. He was also a traveling companion of the Apostle Paul. Let me tell you why this is huge. That means that at one point in time, Luke, not being a part of the Jewish faith, a Gentile, a godless individual, was someone who at one point in time, spiritually speaking, was on the outside looking in. Can anybody identify with that? So when you read the book of Luke, you read it from the standpoint, and Luke writes from the standpoint of somebody who was once hopelessly cut off. Now coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and his cross, writing the message of hope from that viewpoint. Let me say it this way. 
How many of you remember, if you're married here today, you remember the first Christmas season you spent with your spouse's family? And their traditions and customs seemed a little foreign. Anybody know what I'm talking about here today? Maybe there were some customs and some things that you thought, maybe I should have thought twice about this marriage thing. No, um, I can remember my wife's first Christmas with our family. I, I, I joined her family, and I learned that they have a tradition of cinnamon rolls. Huh. little tear. <laughs> my wife was not so lucky. Our family had a tradition of singing Christmas carols. Which ones? All of them. <laughs> with hand motions. So on behalf my wife, thank you for nearly 20 years of marriage. Give Jenny a huge round of applause. Appreciate her. <laughs> but I'm sure she felt as if she was on the outside looking in. And if you were here today and you do not have a relationship with the Lord, if you're here today and for whatever reason you're, you don't know why you're here, but you really don't know where you're at with the Lord, you may feel as if you are on the outside looking in. The, the songs and the, and the celebration, you, you feel like, man, am I really a part of this? I want to encourage you here today. God loves you and there is nothing you can do about it, right? But even as a believer, we all go through seasons where we feel as if we are on the outside looking in. And maybe you're here today and that's you. I believe God wants to just bring hope to us today. Amen? Luke chapter 2 says it this way. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. I, I want you to make note of that. That a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem. I, I want you to make a note of that, okay? To the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came. Make a note of that, if you will. For the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, placed him in a manger because there was no room available to them in the end. Remember the outsider looking in standpoint today, okay? A decree was issued. How many of you have had something happen to you in 2020 that was just not good? It was not good timing. How many of you are like, that's the world, right? Everything that happened right now, not a good time, right? That was Joseph. I can only imagine. He's trying to deal with this Mary being pregnant and it's God's fault. And now there is this decree issued. Historians tell us that when this decree was issued, the Jewish people were under Roman control. And although the Jews could not be conscripted into the Roman army, they still had to pay taxes. So already, Joseph didn't like the scenario. Does that make sense? It was annoying. And now, this guy that claimed to be their ruler was now issuing a decree, a law that he could not ignore. 
He had to go register. He had to pay taxes. Not only that, a census was to be taken. Now, if you're familiar with biblical history, you know that Jews and censuses were not a good thing. In the Old Testament, King David went against God's instructions, God's command, and he went ahead and took a census, and God's people paid a horrific price. So for Jewish people, even years later, this idea of a census was not only an annoyance, it was sacrilegious. Are you all with me here today? Not only that, Mary, great with child. Now, I can remember when our kids were about to discover America, that that final 90 to 60 days, I really need to thank my wife for many things. We were at youth camp in July in Oklahoma, just a month or so, two months before Wyatt discovered America. So give Jen another round of applause. <laughs> the life of a youth pastor there. And, and you know, and men, we, we don't get it. We don't get a lot of things. Let's just keep it real. But what, what a woman goes through in childbearing and that sort of thing, and it was not comfortable. I can only imagine this whole thing was just uncomfortable. It was difficult. It was annoying. And no matter what Joseph wanted to do, he could not get out of it. Does that make sense? And you say, what does that have to do with us today? Maybe you are here today and you are battling some type of decree against you. Maybe it's a divorce decree, a judge's decree, a decree that has come through a doctor's diagnosis, maybe a decree that's come in the form of a pink slip of a company that you served some 40 years. Maybe the decree is something that's happening in your family and as much as you want to control it, you cannot. that you here today and maybe like Joseph you are gripped with fear maybe you are here today and you're not where you you're not real sure where you're at with this Jesus thing you feel as if you are on the outside looking in I believe through this series that we're going to be in for the next couple of weeks the thrill of hope that God wants to restore hope to his church and he wants to restore hope maybe to you so if you're taking notes today I want to remind you that every nuance of the birth narrative, the Christmas story we see in Luke chapter 2. Every part of it communicates something powerful about God. And if you're taking notes today, here's the one thing I want us to get. Man's decrees will never disrupt God's plans. You did good on that. You said amen. <laughs> Let me say it again. Some of us are going through situations right now we cannot avoid. The timing is horrible, and we're having to deal with something we'd rather not. Life has been thrown onto a different track, something that was not in our game plan, something that was not, not, not in our budget. Have you ever had that happen before? Man's decrees will never disrupt God's plan it says in those days caesar augustus issued a decree something that was forced on joseph something he would much rather avoid so thankful 
that when our plans have been blown to smithereens, anybody have a plan in 2020 blown to smithereens? God is never handcuffed to our playbook. Isn't that good? God is never handcuffed. Listen, lean in to your plan A. He's not handcuffed to it. In fact, there are many people in this place today and maybe even watching online that you have had plan A for your life absolutely blown apart, whether through your mistake or the fault of somebody else, but you are walking through something you did not plan on. Don't ever underestimate God's ability to take plan B and make it plan A, or plan C and make it plan A, or plan D or make it plan A. God will make all things, Romans chapter 8, work for your good. Amen? Boy, it's a lot easier to quote scripture than it is to believe it sometimes, isn't it? (laughs) Man's decrees. We think they disrupt a lot of things. Maybe you're here today and you've had a spouse who did something pretty godless and now you are forced to live with the consequences. Maybe you are here today and you have a boss that you are working for and they are seemingly very godless and they are forcing some very uncomfortable things in your life. Maybe you have kids who are in a godless season of life and it has wrecked your family. Maybe you watch the news and you stand up and say our country is in a godless season and somehow some way anxiety and fear is building up on the inside of you and although you want to be enthusiastic about this Christmas season there's this weight of reality God has never had a problem using godless people to perform his godly plans let me say it again God has never, throughout Scripture, from beginning to end, had a problem using godless people to perform godly plans. Proverbs 21 says it this way. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. The king's heart. It didn't say godly king. It didn't say God's will. It said the king's heart. Whoever thinks they are in an authoritative situation, God can use it. Warren Wearsby said it this way, Augustus Caesar was ruling, but God was in charge. Give the Lord a big round of applause. The king's heart is a stream of water. This word water in the Hebrew language can also be translated to mean flood. Has life ever felt like a flood to you? As if you are simply trying to keep your head above water. Maybe in your sobriety, maybe in your faith, maybe in your marriage, maybe in the facade that you built up to try to convince everybody everything is okay. When reality, life feels like 
of flood, could it be that if you and I have said yes to Jesus Christ, you and I have put our faith in him, the reality is that although it feels like a flood, it could be that we are in his favor. So what do we do when his favor feels like a flood? I wonder if Joseph and Mary were there. A decree, are you kidding me? I have to do something for a leader I don't even like. It's been forced upon me. The timing couldn't be worse. Could it be that God is trying to dislodge us with discomfort? In my notes, you were going to say amen right there. I'm sorry. Are you not reading the script like I am? Listen to me, folks. We think... We let's keep it real. I feel very anointed when life is good. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When things are comfortable, I'm thinking, hallelujah, I'm walking. How you doing, Pastor Jamie? Ha! I'm blessed and highly favored. Come on, somebody. Why? Because I feel I'll never make that sound again. That's why I was awful. Okay. But there's no organ. I need an organ playing right there. Okay. Let's keep it real. Well, I'm in the center of God's will and things must be good because I'm comfortable. Then all of a sudden something comes along that is uncomfortable. Could it be that God is trying to dislodge us with discomfort? To get us in the center of what he's anointing for our lives. Someone once said it this way. It is difficult for us to fulfill the calling of God from our personal comfort zones. You see, when the people of God get comfortable, we get complacent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let me just say it this way. The farthest away I've been from God when life has been really comfortable. Let's talk about the church. Woodlake family, listen up. And if you're a guest with us today, lean in. When the church gets comfortable, it gets complacent. When the church gets comfortable, we start playing church instead of being the church. When a church gets comfortable, people start complaining. Well, they complain anyway, but they complain about stupid stuff. You know what I'm talking about? The carpet has to be this color or Jesus can't move. That's why we got a concrete floor. Come on, somebody. You can't complain about that, right? No, sorry. No. Um, when God's people get comfortable... We don't rely on him anymore. We rely on us. Favor. What does it do? What, is it, what do we do when, when, when it feels like we are in a flood and not in favor? We've got to remember that as children of God, favor is a part of saying yes to Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 1, when Mary said, may it be to me as you have said, the angel announced the birth of Christ to Mary this way. Greetings, you who are highly Come on, say it. Come on, say it. Very next chapter, Luke chapter 2, the announcement to the shepherds. The angel said it this way, glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his, his favor rests. If you have said yes to the Lord, 
Let me remind us here today that you and I walk in a supernatural favor, favor that you can't manipulate, favor that doesn't come from man, favor that comes from God. Psalm 512, David, in a moment of revelation, declared it. Your favor, God, surrounds me like a shield. When you leave this place, Woodlake family, if you are a believer in Jesus, if you have said yes to him, you walk in favor. Come on, somebody. That means you can walk into a negative situation and you've already got a leg up. Why? Because you are a child of the living God. You walk in favor. So instead of practicing your argument of what you're going to say when your boss does this or when your spouse does that, maybe you just need to say, Lord, I'm going to rest in your favor. Anybody with me? Some of us have absolutely exhausted ourselves with arguments that have not even happened yet. Good, I'm not the only one. Have you ever driven down the road and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and I'm going to say this? And I'm going to say this? And if they come back with this, oh, I'm going I'm to say this. How about this? Some of you have a meeting this week, and this could be prophetic. You have a meeting this week, and anxiety is already building in you, and you are practicing your defense. Can I encourage you to relax in the peace of God, which transcends understanding that you, as a child of God, when you walk into that meeting, you walk in favor. And the decrees of man will never disrupt the plans of God. Aren't you thankful that man is not that strong? Amen? Give the Lord a big round of applause. But, Jamie, surely God wouldn't use pain. Oh, I wish he wouldn't. God wouldn't use a decree that I can't avoid. Oh, I wish he wouldn't. A mentor of mine, a man I looked up to, and he's in heaven now, is a man by the name of Bill Everett. He is credited with bringing Teen Challenge, Adult Challenge. Aren't you thankful for Teen and Adult Challenge? Awesome, awesome. We, would like, aren't you thankful that we're a part of this incredible ministry? Amen. If you're new with us, you don't know what that is, you hold on. Oh, we're so blessed to be a part of this ministry. Bill Everett was diagnosed with cancer and was forced to go to MD Anderson for treatment. And these in the days where email was a little bit new. Some of us have to check email about every 30 seconds. Some of us have checked it a dozen times already since you sat down. This is back when you checked it like once a week because surely nobody's going to use the intraweb to communicate I'll never forget he would give a kind of a weekly update when he would go down for treatment and he would talk about this and that and that sort of thing and over a period of time his emails began to include the fact that he had befriended a, a teenage boy that was down there for treatment as well and it was difficult and and Bill got to pray with him and witness to him constantly. And it, all of a sudden now his emails just began to take on this. It was less about his treatment and more about what he was doing for the Lord at MD Anderson. 
And I'll never forget one of the emails that he sent. He gave the report, and at the end where he was signing off, if you know what I mean, he signed off this way, on assignment. Could it be that the discomfort that you and I are experiencing right now, the decree we cannot avoid, the pain we wish God wouldn't use, something that we just can't get around and the timing is horrible, could it be that God is utilizing us to get us in the center of his will? I wish he wouldn't. Sometimes discomfort is the only thing that will work on us. Anybody other than your pastor. As I tell you this here today, I tell you this not to challenge you too hard. I tell this to you today through the word of God to encourage you. Some of you in 2020, even now, have had some things thrust upon you. Maybe even the last couple of years. And if not, just wait. How many of you know that 2021 is coming? right? How many of you seen all the, I just can't wait till we get 2020 behind us. 2020 hindsight, 2020, <laughs> 2021 is coming. And there will be decrees issued against us there as well. Last couple of weeks, my son's high school football team made it into playoffs. And you may not know this, about your pastor, I know Mike Sloat, you know this. I am an all-state chain gang member. They don't give awards for it. I award myself for it, but I hold the yardage marker for the games. And it's, I know you're like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the level of talent that it takes for a pastor and skill you're laughing because it takes no skill <laughs> literally and um, I like standing over there because nobody can hear me yell actually I don't have to sit near Jen as she's losing her mind in the stands that's really why I'm doing it but I can remember my freshman year or my son's freshman year holding that and when the ref made a call I didn't like let's just say there's some on the chain gang that got a little vocal some would even on occasion passionately place their yard marker on the ground <laughs> after three or four warnings those members of the chain gang started to behave. You say, what is that? Why are we talking about this? There are going to be some calls in 2021 you don't agree with. And before you write some ludicrous post, before you go on a verbal rampage you remember this the moment
moment you said yes to Jesus Christ, you became a citizen of heaven. Amen? And we don't get to react like the world reacts. Oh, let me say this one. We don't have to react like the world reacts. Because the decrees of man will never disrupt God's perfect plan for my life. I wonder when Mary received the word from the angel. You who are highly favored will be overshadowed by the Most High and you will be great with child. I I can only imagine in that moment that that Mary was was gripped with fear, maybe even saying, God, now's not a good time. But the moment she said this, may it be to me as you have said. All of a sudden now she is a part of prophecy. I wonder if all along the way, she being Jewish would have known the prophecies. Born of a virgin, check. She's checking them off. I wonder if in the last trimester of her pregnancy and things are uncomfortable, she's remembering a prophesy out of Malachi, a prophecy out of Malachi. In fact, it reads, this way. If you have your Bible, I want you to mark it. Malachi chapter 5 and verse 2 reads like this. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. This was written 400 years prior As she's checking off the prophetic boxes, God confirming each one. And now she is in that last part of the pregnancy. And all of a sudden she's recognizing that Bethlehem is some 80 miles away. Is she wondering, did I miss God? You see, if just one of these prophecies didn't come through, then Jesus is not the Messiah. And keep in mind, Scripture, there. There are some 300 messianic prophecies about the Messiah. All these things, all the boxes had to be checked or else he's not it. I wonder if as she's checking off the boxes, if there was a moment that she thought, ah, this Bethlehem one. How in the world are we going to make it to Bethlehem? 80 miles, there's no way. All of a sudden, Joseph comes busting in the door. Well, there's been a decree. We got to go to Bethlehem. Mount up. I don't know if he said that, but. Out of nowhere. God used a pagan to fulfill prophecy. And if God can use a pagan to fulfill prophecy, (laughs) what could he do with the pagans in your life? The godless people, the godless situations. A professor of 
mathematics and astronomy, Professor Peter Stoner tried to break down, illustrate from a mathematical standpoint the probabilities of all of these biblical prophecies, some 300 about the Messiah being fulfilled. Some time ago, he, he had come up with a formula to illustrate, to, to communicate, to show how just eight of these prophecies coming to pass, the, the probability. And these were the chances, he showed it this way, that it was one in ten to the 17th power. Let me say it this way. That is one with a one with 17 zeros behind it. Maybe he was talking to a crowd that didn't like math like I am right now. That's okay. He goes on to explain it this way. He says, that is as if you took a silver dollar and marked it. Threw it into the middle of the state of Texas. Then covered the state of Texas two feet deep with silver, silver, silver dollars. Took a man, blindfolded him, stuck him in the middle of Texas. He writes this, and expect him blindfolded to reach down and grab that marked coin on the first try. How many of you say that was impossible? But Christ, the Messiah, God's perfect plan to redeem his creation. Come on, somebody. Jesus, the son of the living God, the one who would take the burden and punishment for my sin and your sin and set me free. Jesus checked off all the prophetic boxes and there's not a devil in hell that could stop God's plan. Come on, somebody. And if you are anxious and you are worried and you're wondering about what 2021 holds, and if you're facing a decree that you'd rather not because the timing is not good, may I encourage you with the hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to simply bow your heads and close your eyes if you're with us today. We do this every week. In fact, whether you're a, a, a Christian or not, whether you're a member of the Woodlake family or not, I just ask everybody to do this, just to say, Lord, what did I need to hear today? Maybe you're here today and you just needed to hear that the decree, that something that's come against you will never be strong enough to thwart God's plan for your life. Like Mary, may I remind you that the moment you said yes, God takes care of the details. But maybe you're here today and you'd say, Jamie, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. You'd be honest and say, you know what, I've kind of been playing a religious game. Maybe you don't even know why you're here, but you'd be honest here today and say, I, 
I have never just said yes to Jesus and turned my life over to him. If that's you here today, I want to tell you something. God loves you, and there is nothing you can do about it. The Word says that God loved us so much, He gave His only Son, Jesus Christ. Scripture says to pay the price for all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. Jesus paid for it when He died on the cross. And the, the Apostle Paul just broke down the mechanics of how we get into that relationship with Him. is simply this way. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe you're with us today. Maybe you're watching online and you've just tiptoed around this Jesus thing. Jesus simply said it this way. He, that he, that he said this in Scripture. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, church, we're living in a world that's trying to blur that line. Surely there's another way to God. There is no other way, and any other way is wrong. If you're here today and you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. Can I invite you to say yes to him today? Well, Jamie, I got this to take care of, and I, I don't know if I'm ready yet here today. No, no, no. The Bible says that when God starts a good work, he'll be faithful to carry it on to completion. Our job is to come by faith to him today. If that's you, you'd say, Jamie, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to leave here today knowing that I'm forgiven of my sin, knowing that I'm a part of the family of God. You can know that here today. The Apostle Paul even writes it this way, that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with my spirit that I am now a child of God. You can know that you can know today. If that's you here today, you say, Jamie, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to be forgiven of sin. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. We'll all pray. I'm not going to single you out. We'll have people to pray with you afterwards outside, but I'm not going to single you out in here. I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Let me be your pastor for just a couple of moments here. If that's you here today, Jamie, I'm saying yes to Jesus. On the count of three, just raise a hand. You can put it up, put it right back down. We'll all pray. Here we go. One, two, three. It's me. Anybody in the house today? If you're watching online, there's Pastor Mike is there ready to pray with you right now. Thank you. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Even if you're a guest with us today, would you just let me be your pastor for just a moment? And I want everyone to pray this prayer with me. I just want to lead you in saying yes to the Lord. Can we do that here today? Everyone say it. Dear Jesus, you are the Son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. Come into my life, forgive me, and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to pray one more time. And I'm just going to pray this prayer. You're here today and a decree has been issued against you. Some of us bear the scars of past decrees, things we couldn't avoid, things we had to walk through. And although there's a smile on your face in the back of your mind, you're wondering, God, did this just mess everything up? I want to pray, but in a way that only the Lord can. He'll bring a calming confirmation that his plan for your life is in play. Father, in Jesus' name, I lift up this church family to you. Lord, so often there are many of us that we believe you by faith, but we're in faith mode only right now. Because the decrees have overwhelmed us. 
but in a way that only you can, would you bring a peace and a comfort and maybe restore the thrill of hope that we have in Christ Jesus here today because man's decrees will never disrupt your plans. So by faith, thank you. Thank you that you're God of details, you're God of timing, and your will will be done. In Jesus' wonderful name, and all God's people said,